It's the Nebraska Hour. I'm from Nebraska, and I'm here with my main man, McGee. Yo, what's up, buddy? Good man. How's your How's your trip going? It's going going pretty good. I'm, I'm. It's uh, it's going pretty good. I'm not in the middle of nowhere, but that's okay. Yeah. All right, man. Sometimes it's nice to be in the middle of nowhere. Sometimes it's nice to be in the middle of nowhere. You're right. I spent right. most of my life in the middle of nowhere, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's like uh, the state motto of Nebraska, right? Well, <laughs> actually, you know, the, the state motto for Nebraska used to be Nebraska nice. And they changed it recently. And uh, it's a little weird now. Now the state motto is Nebraska. It's not for everybody. <laughs> that's a that's pretty much a 180 yes it really is it really is um, that's, and that really is the motto i'm not kidding i'm not making that up bro. that's a whole new that's a whole new approach right there that's a serious <laughs> serious shift in in point of view yeah they're, they're like oh we're really nice we're really nice oh actually maybe you don't want to come here i don't know <laughs> Oh uh, man, that's pretty great. great state actually. It's it's pretty um uh for the most part, it's pretty flat also. Yeah. And, and um it's pretty much in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> I drove I drove right through it. I didn't stop so I got to Council Bluffs. Um it does it, one of my favorite parts about being friends with you and listening to your podcast is the the random Nebraska facts that come out. Like I, I just love learning about who's from there. And I don't know. There's I, I don't know why, but it's there's there's a there's a happiness you get about sharing it that like is evident when you're sharing info about Nebraska that uh, is that makes it great. I don't know. I like the I like that part. You know, a lot of people, uh, Nebraska is kind of a state people forget about. And um, there's a lot of, like, strange things about it that, you know, people that are famous and stuff that are from there that you wouldn't expect. And um, even with the Reuben sandwich thing, you know, like, everybody would think that the Reuben sandwich would be made in New York or something like that instead. And um, it's weird that the Reuben sandwich was created in Nebraska. <laughs> you know, just. Was it a guy? Like was it a guy named Reuben? Um, I actually don't know the history of that exactly, but um, it's but it's uh, Nebraska is credited for the creation of the Ruben Sandwich. And Kool Aid. Um, there and Kool Aid. Yeah, there's some weird things too. Uh, like, like uh, the food things are weird. Um, the Ruben thing is weird, but also you know, like the the Caesar salad is was created in Tijuana. <laughs> Why do you um, know that? I don't know, man. I know all kinds of weird stuff. Dude. I'm yes. really good at trivia, bar trivia, because I know all kinds of dumb stuff. I'm horrible <laughs> because I I blurt out the answer as soon as I hear the question, and I get scolded by the people that run the uh, <laughs> run the thing. <laughs> I don't go to trivia ever. I like skip those days those days on purpose because I'm like, man, I just want to play by myself and win, and the prize isn't good enough. And what am I doing? Waste my time. <laughs> <laughs> Well, listen, you know what I like doing? I like making money gambling. And what if I was to tell you that I could help you win if you were betting on the Belmont Stakes on Saturday? Is that something you might be interested in? I would be interested. All right. Well, listen, I spoke with Jimmy Trifecta and our friend, Jimmy Trifecta. And why don't I play that now? And then, um, and then we can make some money on horses on Saturday. Sounds fantastic. 
All right. Jimmy Trifecta. What's good, buddy? Hey, hey. What's happening? What's happening? Chilling. So, um, I'll take full responsibility. It was my fault. I completely forgot to hit you up yesterday. So, we're going to put this into the, the Nebraska hour this week. So, <laughs> technically, it's your debut guest appearance on Timmy Nebraska's The Nebraska Hour. Well, this is special to me. Special because I think I play the intercediary as far as a friendship goes here. Um, so it is so great that I'm able to be here in this moment and have my debut with two of my very good best friends. I really appreciate the you, opportunity. You definitely, you definitely uh, uh, introduced us. And every time he upsets me, I blame you. <laughs> like, Fuck you, Jimmy Trifecta, for putting this guy in my life. Arr! Very appropriate. Very appropriate. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, this weekend's the, the Belmont Stakes in New York. It is the third leg of the Triple Crown. Unfortunately, different winners, first two, so we're not going for a Triple Crown. But... Um, Kind of like the last big race, popular attention-wise, until like November or something when they do the the Oaks, right? So, is it the Oaks? Is that what's no? It's, it's not the Oaks, but it is November seventh. You actually almost nailed the date exactly. What is the? What's that one? It's the. It's on the tip of my tongue. I believe it's the. Is it the Met? Something like that. I don't know. But there's a bit. You know, we basically have the rest of the summer off. Right. Um, this this is uh, still kind of it's still kind of crazy in the horse world because we're still getting the results of the Baffert chaos. Right, he just got banned two years in Churchill Downs and a full year in New York, and it's not just him; it's his, all his horses, it's his staff. I mean, it's a full band. It, it it's it's the most serious band to ever come down in horse racing, and um, wow, yeah, it it, it strikes a, a chord because of just what you said. It's not just Baffert; it's the people who were associated with the Baffert camp, including his jockeys. So right. I'm going to make a reference to one of the jockeys' family members uh, who who rode with Baffert often. But yeah, this is huge. Wow, um, and so. Let's talk about this race. I mean, we could we could literally talk about the state of horse racing for uh, hours. The fact is, he's it's it's the biggest punishment they've ever you know they've ever doled out. They've never done the lifetime ban, so the two years the longest they've ever done. And uh, I imagine he's gonna have to rebuild his stables. He's gonna lose a lot of his horses as a result of this, and potentially. I mean, he's kind of old, man. He might not even. It might not bother. I, say, he does, not I bother. say yes and no, right? So it, his horses can be retested. It's not like, you know, but please don't get me wrong. The race lifespan of a horse is a lot different than the lifespan of a horse, if you know what I'm saying. Right. His or their ability uh, to be able to compete at this high a level um, has a very short lifespan. So the horses whom he had at the very top of their game, yeah, he's going to have to sacrifice a few horses and that's absolutely hard one. I mean, sacrifice as far as not running them, not in anything right. the other way. Um, but the nature of the, the organization of the sport is that the, the, the owners of the horse are the trainer's customers, right? So there, he's going to lose 
custom, like there's not going to be, there's people with horses right now that are ready to run that aren't going to take him to him to train because for the next two years, he's out the game. Hold on, hold on, hold on. This is where I even take it back, right? It's, like I said, no comparison to, to, to the point of comparison. But as a yeah. track and field athlete, if my coach got a two-year ban and he's a badass coach, my brother, I don't care. I'm seeing you after two years. I'll be on your track. I'll be training with you. Yeah, but in two years, you're aging out. And that's what I'm saying. There are some horses that will have aged out, but there are some folks who are going to come back. Baffert's going to come back strong. Please don't get it twisted. You think so? Yeah. See, I think he might just – I would use the opportunity to retire. The guy's in his, coming up on 80. He's in his late 70s. There's a level of arrogance that goes along with this, my friend, when you've won as much as won. I mean, come on. That's true. I'll buy that. He's definitely full. All right, so, again, we could talk about this. We could talk about this for hours. But let's talk about Belmont because that's what we're, we're here to talk about. Um, I'm presently like, I don't know, 45 miles from where they run. Um, what's the deal, man? Who? Uh, so all, everything I've been hearing about is, uh, what's his name? Equity, right? Uh, what's homie's name? What's the horse's name? Because there's everybody saying he's bred for distance. Uh, you're, you're probably Pardon talking me. about essential quality. Essential quality, pardon me. Yeah. I don't even know what that means. How do you breed a horse for, for distance? <laughs> it's a mid-distance runner. Like, like, think about it along those runs, right? <clears throat> a horse that has natural endurance, but then you equip them for speed. So I don't have essential okay. quality winning it. I mean, that's a two for one, right? I mean, that's a that's a the odds are two and one. Uh, and that's not really yeah, right. it's bad odds, bad odds. And not only that, but I'm really not a fan of the jockey who's riding, and that's Luis Saez. Uh, I'm not a huge fan. Luis Saez has not been known to close a horse race, and I think you're going to need a closer, somebody who's used to being able to barrel down and get their horse to win. So you're going to hear some names that you've heard from me before, and it's not as a point of redundancy; it's a point of reiteration because these are daggone good horses as far as where they finished, right? So I'm really going all in on known agenda you've heard that name before right bro right yeah you bet yeah. We, we we've sat down and talked about known agenda so i'm going to go with yeah. known agenda as my my number one to win this thing right did well in the florida derby did well in the kentucky derby i think portion that's getting ready to take place right now right and that's what where we at six to one on that one so i got something like that yeah, yeah i got known agenda coming in and then coming next i love this crew the crew of owners is are, are, are from Louisville. It's a group of six guys who all grew up and went to Belmar University. And it's Hot Rod Charlie once again. Hot Rod Charlie yeah. is kicking butt. If you remember, finished a length behind Medina Spirit. And I told you to bet this horse, and we were so close, bro. So I'm coming with Hot Rod Charlie. Now, the distance is something different for Hot Rod Charlie. Has not run a distance this long before, but we got a great jockey in Flavian Pratt. Flavian Pratt, if Flavian Pratt can ride this horse in the way that I think Flavian Pratt has ridden other horses, we can actually win this race. And then, as you said, essential quality. You know, essential quality is yeah. coming in next. But the part that I do want to backtrack with, and I don't want to be long, is known agendas being wrote, written by Erad Ortiz Jr. The Ortiz family okay. typically is a Baffert family. It's a ba rides with the Baffert. If you remember, the other Ortiz, I believe it's Jose Ortiz, uh, rode all of the Baffert horses that recently ran, that recently won. So that's why I got to have known agenda winning this thing, man. I think the Ortiz family has something to prove. I think known agenda has something to prove. They're going to stand up for their dude and, and, and put it on? It's 
put on for the team? It's going down, and it's got a, and they have a perfect slot in the sixth slot. So why it's only a ten horse race, right? It's not like twenty like Kentucky Derby was. It's right? actually an eight horse race, yeah, and it's 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 long and it's short as far as the field. Okay, um, and so why does the, why are you saying that the six is uh, valuable? Because if if I remember anything about pacing, is that I would always love to see two people or three people in front of me because I want to sit on somebody's shoulder. I want to sit on your shoulder and continue to ride out and continue to be able to see and be able to place myself along my, uh, be able to plot my course along the race, right, and be able to check people off as I used to say it in track and field. And I believe jockeys have that same. Um, uh, philosophy as it relates to riding a horse. So if you can collapse your field as opposed to having your field collapse on you, I believe that provides an advantage. Okay. So you're right. Known agenda is six to one. Uh, you had Hard Ride Charlie. Uh, they're seven to two right now. And then um, Essential Quality is two to one. You nailed that. And what was the fourth one you were talking about? It was. Uh, I didn't pull a fourth, not- but if I have to, it's going to be Bourbonic. Oh, Bourbonic, 15 to 1. That's kind of a long shot. We're only talking about an eight-horse race. You know, that's a, that's a good number right there. I mean, it's not the longest shot. The longest are uh, overtook at 20 to 1, and France go to in a, uh, at 30 to 1. You know, But um, Bourbonic is at 15 to 1. Yeah, so I gave you my three. Bourbonic is truly like a crab shoot, bro. That's like me and you just walking up to the crab's table in Atlantic City or Vegas and just grabbing dice and rolling. Right. I, I'm not against rolling dice in Atlantic City, my friend. Um, and then there's that Rombauer house, uh, horse. And then uh, um, that's everybody. Um, what's interesting. About, that's interesting, man. What's interesting about the Rombauer horse and uh, Overtook is that they're stable mates. So they have raced against each other often. I don't know how that's going to oh, play wow. out, but I just throw that out to your viewers or listeners. Hmm. I wonder if that helps or. Or hurts, or no, no difference. Maybe, or maybe it helps them. Maybe they're comfortable with that horse near them. You know, also in the race. You know. Yeah. So, so I know we talked about the eleven race, which is the Belmont Stakes. But do your your listeners know about the ninth race, which is the Met Mile? What is it? A full mile? It's it's a mile long race. Oh, it's one mile in a million dollar purse. Wow, that's a long race. That's three full laps, right? Or four full laps. It's about four full laps, exactly. You nailed it. It's traditionally wow. held on Memorial Day. It moved to the Belmont Stakes undercard in 2014, right? Um, the winner will receive a spot at the starting gates for the big-ass fans Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile at Del Mar on November 7th, bro. That's the November 7th race that we're talking about. All right, so the Met Mile. Um, who, who, who are we looking at here, buddy? I got my pen ready. I got a piece of I paper. Let's go. <laughs> I hope you do, my man, because it's going down. You remember Nick's go? I think you and I better Nick's go in one of our very first races together, right? And, and it might have been the Pegasus World Cup Invitational where they crossed. I think it was. Yeah, where they crossed almost, I believe, at second or finished fourth at the Saudi Cup. It's one of those that we watched, right? A six to five. But I'm going with I'm going with Nick's go, right? I'm also going with by my standards, a 10 to 1. Right? By my standards okay. is, read, is is going to be written by Gabriel Saez. You know the Saez family I just bet on in the previous race. Let's go. That's all I gotta say. Yeah. Right. And I got one more for you. This is definitely a favorite for me. It's Silver State. 
Silver State. Silver State is a seven-two. Love it. All right, man. Well, I think I'll have uh, exact boxes on both races. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's go get it. it. Um, thank you so much for everything, buddy. And we'll we'll talk soon. I'm sure you and I'll talk over the weekend, but we'll talk on the pod very soon. Okay. Hey, thank you so much. Thank you so much to Timmy as well. Y'all have a great afternoon, evening, morning, whatever it is. Y'all take care. <laughs> Jimmy, try later, bud. Peace. There it is, man. You want to make some money on the horses? It's known agenda and hot ride, Charlie, and essential quality. Do a little exacto box, and we're in the game. Quality, I like the name. Yeah, essential quality apparently is bred for longer races, so therefore is probably you know a good a good horse to throw into the uh, into the box there. Nice, nice. So what's up, man? We are fixing another basketball team. We are facing the Orlando Magic. The Orlando Magic. Um, they have, an, they have an interesting uh, roster at the moment also. A uh, lot of young players. You yes. know, they, they traded away Bucevich and Aaron Gordon and Evan Fournier and during, this, during the season. Uh, the Aaron Gordon trade really made the Nuggets really good, which is fantastic. The yeah, Nuggets thank you. Really, also. before we go any further, we should just say thank you to Orlando for – Aaron Gordon, he has been great as a Nugget, and and we needed it, um, considering you know the 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 playoff push without Jamal Murray, and uh, it's been it's been awesome. Hopefully, a huge long term impact for Nuggets too. Great defender. Um, I mean, the the Magic traded away to come do a complete rebuild, and their rebuild is going to take a little bit longer than than just the one or two years, I think. Yeah, but they have a lot of good pieces. So, so real quick, through. yeah, let's go through this roster. There's a, there's a, almost everybody is returning on contracts to next year, but the people that are are, are off contract after the season are Otto Porter Jr., uh, James Ennis, and oh Mo Wagner. I didn't even know he was there to be a hundred with you. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Um, yeah, he didn't, I, didn't play much at all, so you yeah. don't really see him play. The last I, few weeks of the season, when the when the Magic season was pretty much done, then um, then they played him a little bit, and partially that's because like Jonathan Isaac and a couple players were hurt for the rest of the season. Yeah, so they had to fill in somewhere, you know. Yeah. So um, coming back so, next year, they got Gary Harris, Terrence Ross, Markel Fultz, Jonathan Isaac, our guy, Jonathan Isaac. Uh, Mo Bamba is entering the last year of his deal. Wendell Carter Jr. is, and I forgot he was there. Um, sorry, there's a team uh, option for, for Carter. Yeah, he's a he's a team option for next year. I I don't know. That's not that big of a number. It's only six point nine. Maybe they keep him. Um, Cole Anthony, uh, Chuma Okiki, uh, MCW is there. Michael Carter Williams. I yeah, forgot I about that. Like too. I always have to. This is the last year of his deal. Um, RJ Hampton's there. Dwayne Bacon is entering the last year of his deal. And that's it. That's who they got coming. They got two Florida State guys. Yeah. Bacon that's what it, yeah. I it's they're smart. They're putting a good good young nucleus together. <laughs> so I went through the guys that, that you listed off there and kind of made a, a mock starting lineup just for right. those players. And right. I'd probably I put Cool Anthony at the one 
and Gary Harris at the two, and Isaac at the three, Bomb at the four. And then I was left kind of out here with a five spot. I maybe Wendell Carter Jr. Um, if they bring him back, but they don't really have a, a solid center. So they had the number three pick in the draft. And with Vucevic getting traded and Aaron Gordon gone, they're lacking a big guy, right? So I think that the obvious move here is to go with Evan Mobley from USC. Yeah. That fills this five spot up. And man, he is, he can do it all. He can get out of the floor. He can shoot it a little bit. He can, he's a good rebounder, good defender, good rim, good rim protector. Um, he's the overall guy. He's probably there have, too in the third pick. Well, a lot of people have him going as mock draft as number two. Um, but because we have been taking people off the board differently a little bit, um, he's still there. Um so that's what I would do with that. And then that fills the roster spot up, right? Yeah, that handles that that gap, yeah. The other cool thing is the Magic have the number eight pick also. Also, with your starting five, that means they still have Fultz, Terrence Ross. Like, their bench is so deep with Hampton, Dwayne Bacon, and Gary Harris. Like, they're nine deep. They're ten deep, you know, right there. Yeah, they're... Hopefully after this, they're going to be 12 deep pretty much. Um, they have some really good options here. So so their, their salary cap thing, they don't have a lot of moves to make like free agency wise. They have about $93.7 million on the books without the Wendell Carter Jr. Uh, option. The cap, the expected cap for this next coming season is $112.4 million. So that's $18 million. Yeah. It sounds like a lot of money, uh, but it's really not. It's not because you figure the number three pick is about $8 million. Yeah. And it's not exactly like a free agent destination kind of team. I I mean, I don't know. I've never been to Orlando, but I mean, Florida sounds nice to me for the most part. Everywhere. The, the, well, there is the, uh, the old... Uh, State income tax situation that that always helps the Florida teams get a couple vet, especially a couple veterans late in the career. Well, I'm, I guess if you want to go to if you want to go to Florida as a free agency, your first your first choice is definitely Miami. Yeah, for sure. Young and rich and living in Miami sounds like uh, uh, the ideal life, right there. <laughs> right? Yeah. Fantastic. Me too, man. If only I was rich. Yeah, <laughs> was rich. Hopefully, uh, maybe you get rich sometime soon, and I'll just come call. I'll just come with you. <laughs> I'm trying. Out, you know? I'm trying, buddy. <laughs> I'm trying. If you if you get rich in the meanwhile, hopefully there's some something I can do to help you out. Come for the ride, dude. Uh, we make that deal right now on on record. <laughs> if either of us get rich, we got each other now. <laughs> deal, 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 deal. <laughs> okay, so. What I want to do is I want to take the window Carter options option and, and keep them around. And then we have a backup five and you can also play, you can switch up window Carter jr. And Mo Bamba four and five backup or starting, however you want to do it. Yeah. Um, I don't know a lot about Chumo Kiki. Uh, he had an injury last year and ended up sitting out the rest of the season. Um, 
I don't know how good he is. I didn't really see him play that much. And his bench is so deep, you might not even get to see him play that much. You know, yeah, like, they have a lot of, they have a, a solid bench, but they don't have any like standout six man type guys at all. Uh, I really like Terrence Ross. I think Terrence Ross is probably one of the most underrated NBA players at the yeah. moment. Gary um, Harris was solid out here more often than, you know, when he was healthy, when he was out there. But you know where he plays a role there where he's he's kind of done some things where a lot of these guys are young. And so him and Otto Porter, well, I guess Otto Porter's gone now. But him, really just him, is he's able to be a little bit of a vet, you know, kind of a presence on this team. That's That's important. That's kind of why I put him at the two spot to start him is because he's a good defender and he has some, he has veteran experience and Gary Harris is kind of a tough guy. Yeah. He is kind of a tough guy. He's kind of a tough guy. And every team needs, needs a guy. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Uh, I think when an MCW too, man, they have a couple tough guys, MCW, Will Carter Jr. is kind of the guy that might punch in the mouth a couple times. (laughs) Um, You know, he's just kind of that style player. He's not Bobby Portis, but he's but he's that style of player. So. Few are, buddy. Few so, are. At the eight pick, there's a guy, Keon Johnson, that plays for Tennessee. Uh, I would compare him to a Latrell Sprewell without the coach joke. <laughs> he's got he's long. He's he's a good defender. He can shoot it. He's great great at uh, going to the basket. He's a slasher. Um, he he feels he fills the spot to play either the backup spot, the two or three, or um, potentially start at the two. If Gary Harris gets hurt and Terrence Ross isn't doing it for you, um, he really, I mean, added depth again. But it's going to take the Magic a couple of years to get a solid, solid, like, star kind of player. Hopefully Evan Mobley is that guy. And Keon Johnson can be the, the number two of the big three. Well, I guess I would be wrong. Isaac, hopefully, is number one of the big three. And then yeah. Evan Mobley and then Keon Johnson. Yeah. And if Mo Bamba keeps developing uh, his, his three-point shot, then he's really got a, a really good stretch four spot there for us. Well, he's, and entering, we're looking he's entered in the last year of his deal, so it's kind of now or never for Mo Bamba. You know, it's, uh, he seems to be, um, you know, He's had a couple injuries, but for the most part, he's just doesn't. He's just not on the court, and when when the game's on the line, too too frequent. So maybe this is the year, you know, contract year. Maybe this is the year he yeah. puts the extra work in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two years the NBA. Um, that would really solidify the offense and the defense because he's a big guy, good rim protector, super athletic. Yeah. He's like, uh, he's kind of like a bull bull. Yeah, type. yeah, but even yeah, he was great at Texas, dude. I liked watching him. He doesn't really have a position to play, so but he's not really a true five, and he's not really a true four. But you can't play him at the three, because Isaac. I mean, regularly I would put Isaac at the four if I had him on my team, without without this kind of depth in the lineup, you know. Well, NBA today um, is is a positionless game, so I mean, there's it's easier for him to find minutes now than it was it would have been a couple years ago. I agree with the positionless game thing more on offense. Um but you need to have matchup defenders, you know. Well so you see I that in the defense. Or you see that in the playoffs. Oh yeah for sure. For sure. Um 
Not a lot of free agent moves available for the Magic. No. Um, if they keep Wendell Carter Jr., they're about the cap limit with Keon Johnson and Mobley. They're right there. For it. Yeah. Markel Fultz, uh, I don't think there's a lot of value for him in trade. Uh, you could potentially package the three pick and the eight pick and, and get something else out of it. But you need to get two good, two solid players to make a, a big jump this year, hopefully. Yeah. They also have a second round pick, three pick in the second round. And this is an interesting pick, kind of, because the last few weeks we talked about how um, the second round, there's, there is some value here. And um, especially with the Pistons last week, they have been a bunch of second round picks. So um, there's a the guy named Mojave King from Australia. Okay. That I think will be around the very beginning of the second round is about the time he's going to get picked based on the mock drafts and stuff like that to eat him. And Mojave King might be a guy that comes in and actually makes a big splash in the NBA quick. Why? He's a great ball handler, good ba- really good basketball IQ. He He's like a veteran that's not a veteran yet. As far like, as like basketball smarts. I like an old young guy. That's cool. Yeah, uh, I, I really am impressed. I just I watched some highlights and some videos today of him just because I was like, well, who, who should I take the number two second round yeah. pick? Yeah. So I went through and I think, and I like his name also, Mojave King. <laughs> it's cool. It's awesome, right? Like that's the kind of a guy that, that's easily marketable guy too. You know, sell some jerseys and stuff. So let me ask you: When they last year, when COVID hit, they expanded rosters, an extra spot or two. Did they keep that? Like, are they are they carrying? Are teams carrying more people now than they than they used to? Like, are they able to have all these players? Because this is a lot of names, man. There's a lot. There's a lot of basketball players we're talking about here. Well, you think that with the list we gave before, there's eleven guys. Um, and then Mobley be 12, Keon Johnson 13, Mojave King is 14. Yeah, I guess. NBA teams carry 15 players. Some don't, they don't all dress, you know. Yeah. But uh, like, you, like the Nuggets right now, the Nuggets right now play um, uh, uh, Howard, Marcus Howard. I think the Nuggets are the only team in the playoffs to have a two-way play because he was playing the G League all year yeah. until the Jamal Murray injury, until – all this stuff happened and then they needed bodies. Yeah. Well, Will Barton's out. Yeah. Uh, PJ Dozier's out and a couple injuries makes it so you don't have a full roster. The magic could have a full roster and have depth at every position. Yeah. The whole season. This is, a, this Indian is enough. deep, dude. This is deep. This is a lot of talent. It's going to be hard to get the most talented guys on the floor. This is this is the kind of team that'd be really fun to watch during the sprint, during the summer league games because you'll get to see everybody play. Yeah, and you'll get to see and they'll they'll have breakout guys. Cole Anthony might have a breakout season. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised how good that guy is in the first place. I didn't think he was going to be that good when he was in college for his what one year I think it was. Uh, you have seen uh, like he was, yeah he, he underwhelmed. Yes, yes, and this season NBA he's had a pretty good season. Uh, Gary Harris, I don't know how long he's going to last. He's had injury problems. Maybe he has injury problems again. You have to have to put him on the IR or something. Then you have Terrence Ross to come back in for him. You have MCW. You have RJ Hampton. 
Keon Johnson and Mojave King all play guard spots for you. Um, there is a lot, a lot of depth here. Yeah, this uh, is the kind of team that if if somebody gets hurt, it might it might be hard for them to get back onto the court afterwards because there's going to be people stepping up and filling holes. That's really good in, in when you think about how long the season is and especially getting back to 82 games next year. Um, it's going to be... It's going to be the teams that can handle a, a week or two without certain players. You know that that this might be a sneaky team to bet to make the playoffs next year. And um, I mean, I wouldn't go as far as to say win the East or anything like that. That's crazy talk. But but maybe slide yeah, yeah. into slide into the playoffs, in the, you know, six spot or seven spot. See, I really think that uh, this also sets it up not not for this particular fix the magic show, but for next season if we do this again. Then you have all this talent and all these pieces to make a big time trade to, to move for somebody that's that's a star that's already a current star. Yeah, you package together uh, uh, Markel Fultz if he has a good season and RJ Hampton and maybe um, maybe Mo Bamba. You yeah. do a sign and package some guys together and your draft pick and make a move for a superstar, right? Yeah, that's going to so, be the way to get a superstar. Because it's it's either the draft or the or or the trade or some kind of combo of that. Because I I just don't see big big basketball players, big name basketball players. Like I don't see Kawhi Leonard, you know, but being like, you know what, the Clippers isn't working. Let me go sign with the Magic. I just don't see that happening. Yeah, but there's other options here, man. There, you know, there's this sets us, this sets it up to make a big time deal for um, yeah. maybe. Uh, CJ McCollum, if he doesn't want to be in Portland anymore, right? But that's or, my point. It would have to be a trade. It's not going to be a free agency. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And then also, you know, like Michael Porter Jr.'s last year is next season on his contract, and is he going to stay in Denver? I don't know. You know, we'll bring RJ back like that to maybe get a big time player, a young starling. Yeah. And this year you create all this depth and you use your, your draft picks well and hopefully Mobley and Keon Johnson work out for you really well. And then you have assets as far as depth to trade, to get a star, to make the push, to get maybe the three seed. I love it. Dude, I think you fixed the magic. It doesn't seem like they have as far to go as the Pistons did last week. It seems like they're a little closer, oh. just like when we talked about the Rockets, that they're closer than we realized. You know, the the Magic's close. The Magic have so many assets to move that you can make moves for the next season that you you set yourself up now to be able to do that next year for sure. Um, it's such an easy draft pick scenario too because if Mobley is there, you don't have a five anymore. Yeah. So it, it sets up perfectly. Your spot's perfect to pick him. And Keon Johnson is a, is a solid two to improve where Gary Harris would be if he has injury problems. And then you you fill all the gaps. Yeah. I see it. I see it. Dude, um, this would be a fun team to be like the GM of right now. You know, like there's a lot of moving pieces. You're they're in a time of 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 transition upwards. You know, um, I don't know. I just think that it'd be a fun time to be the GM. And on that note, has new Boston Celtics GM Brad Stevens called you at all about the uh, the position as head coach uh, up in uh, up in Beantown? You know, I have not got the call yet for that. Um, I have 
reached out to my resources and he has apparently reached out to Chauncey Billups and to Sam Cassell. Your guy, Sam Cassell. My guy, Sam Cassell, baby. Yeah, yeah, you know. Um, so, but the GM for the Magic, uh, now it's, uh, they made their moves last this last season to free up all the cap space. Now for the Celtics, man, they don't have a lot of space. Yeah, that's a whole that's different a- whole different situation. They've been they've been focusing on the now for the last couple of years. They used to stockpile the picks, you know, and then they started focusing on the now, and now it's it's a mess. Man, they took the nets for all their worth before to get all those picks, and then right at the moment now it's not working out. The Kyrie thing didn't work out. I'm not sure about the Kimba thing. If that's not only working out, things very well. Uh, I that's a tough that's a tough job, and the yeah. Celtics are expected to win now because they have Tatum and Brown and well and uh, Kimba, but they don't have a five. They don't have any big guys. Yeah. Well, they that's a, a few weeks. They're a few weeks away. We'll fix them. We'll fix them, man. We they they need our help for sure. Who are we? Um, who are we talking about next week? Who are we gonna fix next week? Next week is the uh, next week. It is the sorry, I shouldn't have just assumed you already. Uh, the Oklahoma <laughs> City Thunder. Oh, wow, the a billion picks. They literally have a half the draft, picks. right? It's crazy. A lot of trade options, a lot of cap room. A uh, lot of stuff going on there. Now, if you look at the, the upcoming free agent list, uh, there are some players on the list that are very intriguing. I wouldn't think that Kawhi is leaving. I don't know if Kyle Lowry is leaving or not, but there's some options for the OKC to make some trades. Next week's going to be an interesting one. It's going to take me a little longer prep work, I think, to, yeah. to fix the fun. There's so many picks. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, yeah, and there's a lot of package deals you can do to, to trade up or trade down and get more picks or trade for a player and use yeah. your draft picks to make moves. There, there's a lot going on there. Yeah, for sure. All right, man. Well, this was fun. Um, I appreciate uh, I appreciate your time and, and, and knowledge, and I'm sure everybody in Orlando appreciates you uh, fixing the magic. Hopefully, you know, the Orlando GM hears this and, you know, is like, hey, you know, maybe we should give that guy a call. Get him on the staff. Maybe, maybe if they're smart. If I end up going out to Cocoa Beach, you know, it's not that far. I could just, uh, it's a little, an hour away. I could easily go to the office and talk to him. Maybe I can get a little uh, consulting job with him. Yeah, you pop in once a week and flip-flops and, you know, um, and throw some things around, pull out a tablet, show them some video clips, you know, make yeah, some man. points. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sounds great. great. You would be great. Good at... clubs and stuff in Orlando. <laughs> <laughs> me, uh, me, me, me and Jay Isaac could go hang out together for a little bit. Yeah. Work, work on some headspace kind of stuff. Make sure he's he's relaxed, ready for the games. They, you know, <laughs> one of the, there's a couple little, like, stylish little lounges that are, that are like, perfect for, you know, to – you don't get in the right headspace, clear your mind, and, 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 you know, turn off for a little bit and then turn up for a little bit. And it's cool. It's cool yeah, that's what I'm there. talking about. That's what, that's, what that's what I'm all about, man. There that's what I'm go. all about. Also, great food. I mean, Orlando's a dope city, man. Orlando's a dope city. There's a lot going on. 
All right, man. Well, thanks a lot, well, and we'll we'll do this too. again next week. And and uh, this is fun, man. I appreciate it. Hell yeah, sounds good, bud. All right, talk to you. Let's go Nuggets, baby. Let's go Nuggets. Peace. All right, I'll see you later.